What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Knife Talk. This is a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, and really everybody else, because it's fine. We're the number one knife-related podcast on this German-fested planet, and I'm Jeff Fader of Fader Knives, with the Generalissimo, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, and the great Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts. Gentlemen, it's been another week. Uh, all right. This last week, just been busy with normal knife stuff. Uh, like I was talking about last week, I was uh, getting ready for some handle shaping on some very uh special material i got one shot at this so it not only is the spacer made out of some funky cool mokume from peter swarzbert but the handle is made from uh what is it called muskox horn if you've ever purchased musk musk ox it's like 200 the three hundred dollars for one handle block, and wow. I cannot mess that up. Uh, so <laughs> I've been hey. taking my time, and it's going well. Um, and then I'm trying to think what else. Like outside of that, things have been normal. Oh, I started riding my bike. I don't think I, I mentioned I got a, a, a new to me bike. Uh, so it's a vintage bike. It's like from the '80s. I actually just looked it up yesterday, and apparently these bikes sell for like upwards of like sometimes seven or eight hundred dollars depending on the uh the condition right uh, and i got it for 75 <laughs> and it's nice. sweet I've, I've been putting uh it's a 12 what is it it's 12 miles round trip so from home to the shop and back um and if i have to run any errands in between it's extra but it's been good to get active on the bike again because i've been feeling like a tub of goo and um and you know i got a four-year-old son i got to be able to keep up with that guy and he is full of piss and vinegar and so much energy so uh yeah i've just i'm doing it for myself my health uh and some inspiration from jeff for sure and his great numbers he got a little while back and and uh i gotta i just gotta do that and then uh on top of that let's see oh jesse ueda so jesse ueda won that uh raffle knife i made a while back and i also so she's she's a person i sent her a two t-shirt <laughs> mount wazi fires t-shirt that i had like i've had it on in on hand like in my stock for like three or four years and i was like you know what this will either be really funny or she'll throw it away whatever so i sent it to her she's been using it as like a, a sleep shirt like a almost it's basically a nightgown on her <laughs> but she posted up on her stories the other day of her feet and like she's got all these little animals she feeds with uh, like peanuts, like squirrels and, and scrub jays and all, all kinds of different little birdies. She's like, uh, she's like Snow White of, of craft, craftsmen and craftspeople, makers. Yeah. 
Grateful Knives has asked Morocco, did you get the important phone call that we talked about roughly, uh, very briefly last yeah. week? Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, whenever we talked about it last, I did finally have the phone call. On my side, I thought it went great, but I haven't heard anything back from the uh, the other side now because <laughs> now it's... Uh, <laughs> Because we're this the the interaction is about hashing out uh kind of like contract stuff, um and so we'll see. I guess we'll see contract. when uh, hopefully in the next week or two. Fingers uh, crossed. Yeah, Must fingers be crossed. Serious stuff. He's talking about contracts. Serious Must stuff. Be serious stuff. Yeah. Got to get that Jeffrey done. Jeffrey, put well, put that bare bare naked leg down. It's like an OnlyFans well, channel. List. What's what are you, going on? What? You, what? All of a sudden, you know, yeah. I can't. I'm, I can't be myself. You gotta, push, on this you gotta push that camera down a little bit. Let's see what you're working Don't with. Don't worry about me, Dude, all you, Now, I. <laughs> God damn you both, because I'm trying to be comfortable here, and I'm not trying to be like you know the rest of these podcasts who do these videos and they're uncomfortable and they're. <laughs> I'm trying to be comfortable. If I put my goddamn leg up, I'm not wearing. I'm wearing shorts. I'm not. I'm wearing pants, but they're short pants. Fine, freshly shaved too. <laughs> so why not? Whatever. Whatever it takes. Man, sponsored Manscaped. by Manscaped again. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, those guys. I actually, you know what's funny is I've been getting these DMs from these other ball shaving companies that think that I would be perfect for sponsoring them. And I'm just like, what? How many you're, are you? You're a gorilla. I'm perfect for, what are you talking about? I'm perfect for you? For your ball cleaning? Hairy ball. There's all, there are all, somebody, somebody. Somebody, somebody thought, what business should we get in? Well, the, the people seem to need their balls shaved all the time. So let's come up with, there's like 10 or 15 ball shaving companies and they all seem to try, are looking for some influencers. I ain't interested. Is it Harry's? No, it was something else. It was just like, it was just like, you know, like it was sack rake or something. I don't know. It was some bullshit. Some like sack controller. I don't know what it was. It was some stupid. Whilst we're talking about balls, you told us before we went on air that you've got a ball story as well this week. Well, that's for the after show because this is I'm gonna I'm gonna tease it because I have something weird happened. Is the turkey neck hanging out on the short <laughs> somebody grateful knives? You've been You're waiting too, too much long for this podcast. He's been waiting way too long for this credit this podcast, and he's <laughs> looking for see I gotta worry about people thinking I have my my balls hanging out of my shorts. I'm not. <laughs> This is not the balls. Listen, I can see your Jewish heritage. It's not just the balls. You guys, can we go on? Is this knife talk or what? I mean, for Christ's <laughs> sakes, you want a real story? I'll tell you a real story. I'll tell you a real story. So based back on back onto what Mareko was saying about my health, I, we've just decided, fuck it. We're going to go for everything. So not only did I get my my uh, my oil change, um, not only did I get my <laughs> did I get my, 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 my numbers and stuff, is I went to the eye doctor. And I'm going to get I'm going to get the pipe in a, in a couple of weeks so i won't be talking about that till after it happens but i will be getting the pipe <laughs> so went, so Banana so a month pipe. ago i went to the i went to the eye doctor about a month ago and he looked and he noticed that one of my ocular op, optic nerves was different than the other so what they do is they check your optic nerves and they check the pressure in your eye by putting this like thing against your eyeball to check the pressure and it turns out that one of my eyes my optic nerves was different. So I said, well, he said, we need you to come back to do some more tests. And I said, well, what does that mean? And he said, well, it could mean that you have glaucoma, which was like terrifying. So glaucoma is, 
it basically it's something that's treatable, but at the same time, it means that, you know, you can lose your peripheral vision and slowly, slowly mm. lose your vision. So obviously for, you know, I didn't tell you guys about it because I was like, you know, hanging from the rafters thing. Now what the fuck am I going to do? I'm like, <laughs> my wife is just like, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, I mean, I think that they do like, they told me that if it were the case, then they're, they're medicated drops and stuff like that. And I said, I oh, don't worry. I'm, I'll start three more podcasts and I'll be doing, I mean, if I can't see anything, I'm going to fucking talk. So <laughs> I did two more, I did two more um, days of testing. And then I was nervous because there wasn't, it could have been dry eyes or could have been the beginnings of glaucoma. So yes, uh, Thursday. So yesterday, it was yesterday, the day before Wednesday, on Wednesday, I'm going for the last test. And this is basically so they, you know, they told me I want you to use these eye drops for the, you know, four times a day, you know, until for two weeks and then we'll test them again. And basically they're trying to rule it out. The rule out that my eyes might be dry. So I'm driving to the last test where they're going to just basically say, right, you got it or you don't have it. And my phone rings and I see it's Derek from Malden. And then you don't know Derek from Malden. He's the, looks like the rabbi from Boston. You know what I'm talking about? He's uh, <laughs> Derek from Malden stuff. is on the hand. Yeah, he's on the Handmade podcast, and he's also uh, on this new TV show that they're filming with Jimmy Duresta. I talk to Derek every so often. He's hilarious. So all of a sudden, my phone rings, and I'm on my way to the doctor's office. It's Derek from Malden, and I pick up, and, and all I hear is giggling, and I hear what sounds just like a plasma cutter, a plasma table. You know, it sounds like, you know, compressed air coming through and then firing, and you can hear the water bubbling. You can hear the crash. It, it sounded like a plasma cutter, and I'm like, Derek, Derek. And then it was asking, he butt dialed me. So then five minutes later, I'm driving to the parking lot. My phone rings again. It's fucking Derek from Alden. I pick up, same thing, fucking giggling in the plasma cutter. So I start screaming in the phone, Derek, you get your fat ass off the phone because you're calling me too many times. I go into the doctor's office. I'm, I'm freaking out because I'm just like, okay, this could be the beginning of a new stage in my health, which is not good. The phone rings again. The phone rings four times. The fourth oh, wow. time I did the last tests, I'm sitting in the doctor's office. They check the pressure in my eye, which is awful. I'm waiting for the doctor. The phone rings a fourth time. Fucking Derek from Malden. And it's the <laughs> same goddamn thing. Giggling and the plasma table going off. <laughs> so I decide, I'm waiting for the doctor in this office. And I'm, and I'm like, all right, fucking Derek is, you know, he's butt dialing me like a crazy person. And he's not answering the phone. So I text Jimmy Duresta. And I, and I write to him, could you tell Derek to get his fat ass off the phone? He's called me five, four times. <laughs> so I, I sent it to Jimmy. I said, please, I'm begging you. I'm in the middle of this doctor's office. I'm waiting for this thing. Do something. Help me. Get one of those production managers to do something. So the next thing you know, I get a video from, from, from Jimmy videoing him and saying he he says derek would you have fingers on your ass or something like that why you keep calling everybody turns out derek called 200 people two he butt out 200 people 200 people he'd butt out 200 people on the set of the tv show that they're filming and i just left him this oh my i left him the tastiest message yeah it's i i i i'm leaving derek the tastiest message is filthy and i just left him let him have it and then the doctor comes in i'm like laughing and then all of a sudden i'm not laughing and i said so what's the story and he's just like you don't have glaucoma your eyes are very dry 
And I, I let out this huge, oh shit, you know, he didn't really care for that too much. And then I was just like, great. And, and, and the bottom line was, was it was like a month of like agita. But what he told me, what I said to him, and I said to the eye doctor, I said, listen, he said, I want you to come back in three months. We're going to test you again. I want you to put eye drops in your eyes. I want you to put eye drops in your eyes because you have this dry, dry. You, you, you have a dryness. He's like, you know, you, whatever. And, and he, I said to him, you know, when I was a kid, nobody told me that you had to put eye drops in your eyes unless you needed them. And he goes, no, people don't realize that you have to lube your eyes up because, you know, it was, it was scary. They didn't know. They couldn't tell. So everything's fine. And, um, but the, the real bottom line was, and this is the talk about a scare, scare situation. I got the bill for the eye doctor and I got the bill for getting my blood test gone. And thank God we have um, health that insurance. that make your eyes water? Dude, I don't know how anybody in this country can take care of themselves just to get a basic blood test. If you don't have insurance, you're lo- just a basic blood test just for your cholesterol and some, you know, diabetes and shit like that's $1,500 right out of the chute. That's just nothing. Jesus. That's for doing bare- nothing. So, like, I, it, it, the, the hot tip of the day is... You guys know you should be eating right. You guys know you should be drinking, not too drinking so much. Take care of yourselves because the fucking money is crazy. Like my wife was just like, oh, dude, wait till you see what it's going to cost to get the pipe. When you get the pipe, you gonna, you gonna, <laughs> the bill is going to be crazy when you get the pipe. You're going to put me out. Lie me on the they side, shove a pipe on my ass. Though you should be fine. <laughs> they, they're gonna stick up like three feet <laughs> up my ass. It's gonna be like a yard or two. They knock my ass out. Hillary said they fill your ass up with air because they gotta be able to see around. So they they oh, pump you geez. full of air, and then afterwards they knock you out. You're out. She's like, don't worry, you'll be out like a light. They won't. You won't even. You'll be thrilled. You'll be out. But they won't let you leave until you start farting because you have so much air that they've pumped oh, up your ass. Geez. They won't <laughs> no, let you leave until you start <laughs> farting. So I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lift my leg up like this, you know, jackknife right into the get the hell out of there. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I'm, and this is all I'm gonna say, guys. Everybody, it's too expensive to be an American and unhealthy. It's just too expensive. Yeah, too expensive. Fifteen hundred dollars for a blood test. That is. Oh, just for your like. I mean, it was for like. It was for like diabetes to see if I had diabetes to check different liver functions and basic, basic blood tests like cholesterol and shit. It wasn't like a big deal. And my wife was just like, people don't realize. People don't realize. You just you want to get your baseline of health. It's like you're gonna like your. That's why people don't want to take care of themselves. It's too expensive. But might as well just fucking stop drinking, stop eating fat, and just. Just you, sh- Murin knives. Geez, I'm 33 now. I'm terrified. I, I would be terrified too. I'm 47, and I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm of like. I'm drinking the most. I'm drinking is I drink a little bit of kombucha. I, I mean, it's a pathetic. What? There you go. Crazy. Then I made some knives. No, made some. <laughs> yeah, well, back to knives. There we go. There we go. Yeah. So I made some steak knives. Actually, I made, I made some things. I did some things. I've done enough. I've told enough. I've said enough. The forks are too good. much. Fork, forks look very good. Dude, the forks, the fader forks are like, they're awesome. And I'm just, I'm, I'm thrilled. And uh, my friend Christian Petroni of the Food Network got one. He, he was all up in my piece. And then he just, I didn't have to like, I didn't, he didn't have to like, you know, scratch any itches. I just said, all right, you go buy it. And he, he got in there and bought it. So he's super pumped and all these, you know, 
it, they're they're fun. They're fun forks. They're fun nice. to make. They look cool. They look cool. They look cool. Nice. So I um for those watching the the live stream, I'm still not in the studio. Um, we are now. Uh, we it feels as if we've been a different place every day, and I'm ready just to sort of set. I mean, I'm ready to go home. To be honest with you, we're here for another week. Um, so I'm currently in Cardiff, which is my hometown. We're stuck. We're holed up in a hotel um, for a little while, um, and we don't have kids with us. So yeah. Tonight is party time, which is why this show is only Legend. an hour long Ooh, because la, I've got stuff to be doing. Um, so yeah, and apologies if if there is some any sort of lag or anything because I'm on hotel Wi-Fi. It's not great. Um, but my week, I mean, there's been there's been no knives. I'm still on holiday, so yeah, back in Wales, we've been to West Wales um, with the most beautiful, beautiful beaches. Um, Amy's brother has like a little holiday home there, so he, he let us use it for five days. Um, it was great, um, but we had like the worst weather possible you could possibly have. So we we were stuck indoors with the kids for sort of three days of that. Um, but such a such a beautiful place. We've come back to Cardiff today, and we're now in Cardiff Bay, which you can probably see behind me. Beautiful Cardiff Bay, um, which is my hometown, and we're staying here for another week. So yeah, so I'm pretty pumped about that. But yeah, no knives, um, and it's. It's been quite nice being sort of switched off from it all, to be honest, as well. So, um, you know, the last time I thought about a knife was was on last week's show, um, which I loved, by the way. It was it was great having a guest on. We we had we had pair on from Dharma Steel last week, um, and it, yeah, it was really nice. So it would be lovely to have more guests in the future, I think. Um, but that's been my week. It's been very sort of laid back. Um, doing a little bit of writing for the book that I've talked about in the past. Um, that's pretty much it. So I think maybe we should just get straight on with the show. But before Be- we do... Before we do, I have sorry. one thing to say. Sure. Your your image, the images that Steve Howe sent me of you forging oh. were our most, the most action we've had on Knife Talk podcasts on Instagram. Everyone is very happy for you. It was a high engagement on that post. High engagement. So we we proved it. It wasn't just lip service. I mean, you look like a pro out there. Yeah. Well, it was funny because last week, it was was literally as I got out of the car from from being at Alex Pohl's place, got out of the car, straight onto the microphone, we recorded the show. Um, But afterwards, I had more time to sort of digest it. Um, And a couple of things sprung to my mind. First of all, Steve was such such a great teacher. I mean, I I was a fool you know, there, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, he managed to help me produce something in, you know, in sort of record time. So big, big thanks to Steve for that. Um, but also, I mean, straight away, like I normally do, I'm, I'm looking online thinking that this little power hammer was cool. I need to get one of these. I need to get all these things. Fuck, power hammers are really expensive. Even the little bitty yeah. ones. So uh, uh, Over there, probably. Yeah. You could probably so get well, I mean, there's plenty here in the UK, um, but, you know, getting from the UK to France, that you know, the big heavy machines is, is not going to be cheap. Um, there's very little in France. Um, so, yeah, so th- so that could be a problem. But I am going to have a small area of the new shop where I can do some, some forging. You know, I've got a little anvil there and I've got I've got one of John's hammers and so on. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. And, I, you know, I'm going to try and recreate the, the little blacksmith's knife that I made with Steve. Um, back at home, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that, and I think it 
you know, it'll, it'll be just a sort of a hobby for me, and who knows where that'll go in the in, in the future. But um, really, really enjoyed it. But yeah, big, big thanks to Steve for taking the time out and and yeah, getting an idiot like me to actually to actually make something, which was quite nice. <laughs> Before we move on, we need to say... Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. Dot com. Go to Even Heat, um, look at what you want, but then head over to soulceramics.com because we can get you a discount. We can get you $75 off and we can get you free shipping in the US, which, I mean, the shipping itself could be, you know, a big, big saving. But you can spec out the machine exactly how you want it. They'll make it for you and they'll ship it to you. So if you go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat, um, that'll take you to the Soul Ceramics site and it'll automatically apply those discounts. So knifetalk.net forward slash heat, or if you look in the description, you can just click on the link, it'll send you straight there. So shall we do some... Hey man, can I ask you a question? Mareko, would you like to take the first one? Uh, am I supposed to be reading this whole thing about the sponsorship and the cooking show no. and all that? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Something else. I don't know. Internal notes, in inter secret notes. Guys. Don't don't tell. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Kyle Heath. All right, Kyle Heath. Uh, let's see. Kyle Heath says, uh, since Craig is forging now, when is he going to make me a bottle opener? <laughs> I'm. I am a forger. I am a blacksmith. Full time blacksmith. Um, to be honest, I think I think bottle openers will be something that I'll 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 try and do. Um, and I will send Kyle one because Kyle has been, you know, he's been good to me. He's bought, he's bought a knife or two from me. So Kyle, you can have one of my first bottle. They're not going to be good. I'm sure you could make far, far better. Um, but yeah, Kyle's I think bottle will, will be, will be a good sort of start for me, I think. And I think you can just use mild steel for that. It doesn't need to be hardened or anything. We, yeah, oh, we yeah. should be good. I just made four today. I, I oh. budgeted my week oh. so I could. I had a uh, three that I had to go out, and I made four, so it was uh, it was great. I mean, mild steel is the oh man, you, you don't have some fun. Mild steel is the best. Yeah. So like butter, oh like butter. <laughs> I mean, it's it's beginners for an expert like me. It's beginner stuff, but you know, yeah, you, you got you <laughs> got to keep your hand in. That's the way I look at it. Speaking of having your hand in, I just to brown bag it a little bit. I just got a piece of uh, Damascus from Bob Rankin. <laughs> And um, he, I, he gave me an offcut, and I made a bottle opener. That was easy to forge, real easy to forge. So nice, let you know. Nice, cool, cool. Okay, um, I'll take the next one from. I think it's Mount Rose Metalworks. Um, I don't have a grinder or space for one right now, so I'm doing a lot of hand filing. I want to bring my blade as close to a finished grind as possible before heat treat, but I'm nervous, nervous about warps. How can I avoid warp? Orpage, uh would Sanmai uh, follow the same rules? Um, so I do all of my grinding um, after heat treat um, for those exact reasons. Um, but obviously, if you don't have a grinder, you you want to make it as easy as possible by doing as much as possible before before heat treat. Um, so Jeff, I mean, what do you suggest? He's doing it all by hand, which is no mean feat. That's that's a, a lot of work. Well, there's there's a there's a lot of ways. You know, when you're, when you're, we've talked about this a million times, but you know, it seems like there's a lot of new listeners. There's a lot of ways that prevent warpage. You don't just, you don't quench your knife and then that's it and just cross your fingers. 
you know, you quench your, you, when you're quenching your knife, you know, you count to a certain, I count to 13 or 14 Mississippi, which is like under 700 degrees. And the austenite is, con, you know, you've reached austenite stage, you're quenching. And once it comes down below, I, I, I've seen, remember, we keep saying 700 degrees. It's converting over to martensite, but you still have the ability to kind of move it. You kind of like flex it a little bit with your if you're with your gloved hands as it's the Martin's that Austinite is converting to Martinsite. I watched a video and that, the first time I heard about this was I was watching a video about from Kevin Cashin who was saying that you can you can you can put a turn into a banana and as you're pulling it out after that certain time you can bend it back. So I would suggest if you want to go as close as possible, realize that number one before you you know you quench it count to you know or get a heat gun and get your 700 degrees or count to a certain temperature i usually count like 15 or 17 mississippi pull it out straighten it out and then cool it down and then the second thing you can do to fix a warp is shim tempering i've done this actually this past week i had to shim temper some knives where they what you shim temper you you get your bar of steel maybe you have some if you have a bow that's going this way you put a nail or a penny or a couple of coins in, and then you take some little tiny clamps, over flex it on the onto the bar, stick it in your temper oven, and then temper it on the bar with the overcorrected warp. Then pull it out and let it cool till it's cold. Let it cool till it's cold, clamps and all, and then you're going to pull out the warp. So, if you're worried about all this after the fact, there are ways to prevent warpage obviously normalizing correctly and straightening as you're normalizing but at the time there are ways in which to correct it after the fact so you, you don't have to just settle for all right well i quenched it and it's warped you can fix it in the temper yeah um and what i find yeah. i mean you talked about shim tempering so if i'm doing like a like a bigger batch so maybe you want to wait until you've got a few a few knives there for your for your heat treat um once they've been quenched and when they then go into temper um, I generally temper like a block together, so I'll get a bunch of knives, um, and I'll get a thicker piece of steel, sort of maybe quarter inch, six, seven mil steel each side, clamp them all together so it's like one big rig that goes into the oven to be tempered. Uh, and I find if there's any sort of warpage there, because you've got this whole big mass all stuck together and all completely straight, that they generally try to fix themselves as well. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a lot more difficult with with one knife. But like Jeff says, you can do that sort of over over correcting when you temper and when it'll sort of spring back. The key is the key is to let it cool in the clamps. Yeah, but don't let it go ice cold. If it you know if you pull it out, it's just going to wing right back. Mareka, what do you think? I mean, you obviously don't do <laughs> big big sets of knives. You're doing you're doing singular knives each time. Um, how far are you taking your grind before you go into heat trade? Um, so I've actually draw filed a knife and, and I understand where he's coming from. I think you would want to, I w I'm going to guess that because he's doing like using files, he's probably not making a chef's knife. He's probably making like an EDC or a bushcraft knife, something with a little that will end up ultimately with a kind of a more beefier edge. And so I would probably draw file, uh, and then follow that with draw file down to around a 16th of an inch and then hand sand the blade um, to about at least 220 before even doing any of the finish uh, before de doing any of the uh, heat treating because that will help save you a lot of time after like post heat treat um, big 
big things that help prevent warping is working the material evenly on each side. So if you were to kind of look at the cross section of the knife, if make sure that all the grinds and the bevels and everything are as even as possible, um, that will help prevent warpage. Um, you might even do some of your heat treating processes before like your normal, I don't know if he's, it doesn't say if he's forging the knife or not. Um, but I guess whether you're forging the knife or not, or doing a stock removal, even if it's full thickness, but cut the profile, ground the profile, I would still do some of my forge or my thermal cycling and kind of grain refinement. And even <clears throat> probably do like, I, I would even do like a subcritical anneal um, before I started doing the draw filing. Um, so that after I'm done with the hand sanding, I, there's not much else to do and I don't have to put it through then, then through all these heat processes and some of the, pro, uh, especially like the subcritical anneal will help with preventing warpage as well. Um, in the final hardening of the knife. Um, but if you keep it around a 16th of an inch, which is, or, or around a one, you know, one millimeter at the, th at the, at the thinnest at the edge, that should help retain enough mass in the knife to keep it from wanting to pull one way or the other. That should help really kind of keep things in line. It, you, f you see warpage happen often when you take it too far, basically, uh, too close to maybe the finish dimension or the final kind of like whatever th thinness at the cutting edge or if things are uneven on either side um and like jeff was saying you know uh, even even if um it, it, after after you do your final quench you know you have that window to do a little bit of corrective work with your gloves on uh or whatever you know to so you can handle it because it's still going to be sitting around it's probably like 700 degrees um and the goal is to try to make those corrections happen before it's actually you want to get it done before the martin starts martin's site starts forming which is actually closer to around like 425 375 degrees and it's in that window between the austenite and the start of martin site that you have to correct it and so the whole like quenching for a few seconds is about getting below the nose the perlite nose uh in the kind of like the whole heat and transformation chart you can find those online all over the place um, and kevin cashin is a great resource like jeff was saying and so it's once you get below that nose before martin site starts that's when you want to kind of do your straightening and then let it kind of finish cooling down to room temperature and then do your stuff from there cool Cool. Okay, we've got a bunch of questions. I know we've got some really positive messages that we've asked for this week. Uh, but before we do... Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! Do it now. Makes sense. We've just had a message from Mark Peacock. Uh, perfect way to unwind tonight after a 12-hour day in the workshop. And and Mark hours. was on Jeff's podcast this week. Um, so full blast, um, he did a great interview with Mark. So if you haven't heard that, um, go go listen. A lot of fun. Never thought that there would be a, a, a Toronto Blue Jays fan in Wales. He's a, he's a, he's a good dude. Really, we, it was a really good time. I, I'm surprised, to be honest with you how much of a baseball fan he was, but it was a lot of fun. We're going to go to a game. It's a good game. Baseball, Great game. We, weirdly, baseball is quite big in Wales, but not is like it? 
not like American baseball. It, it's it's very uh, it's 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 a slightly different. The bat is different slightly. But um, yeah, I remember as a kid always going to watch the baseball in the local sort of fields and so on. Um, quite big, yeah. Very strange. Um, t- positive messages. We've had quite a few. Shall we sort of intersperse this this whole episode with a few of them? Because um, I some of them that are would really be nice. that would some be great. Really nice. Yes, I have. I we've received a lot. Jeff, of if you could them. just. Just slightly adjust your camera up. We could. We, we, Why you want to see? <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> like a baby's arm. Baby's arm. You want positive messages? Or you want to talk about penis? I mean, it's let's up to do, you, really. Let's do positive messages. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, guys, if you if you wanted, to, somebody wrote to me, he's like, we should have some positive shit. I'm like, you know what? Maybe we should have some positive shit. Yeah. So I kind of back ended it next to the hot takes. But uh, um, Rainy Day Forge just had a really nice time at Can Iron, and he says positivity. Here's a good one. Moreco, along with other with uh, 16 other presenters, all showed up on time for Can Iron. Everyone was great and shared their knowledge and stories. It made for a fun and informative weekend. Much love to everyone involved. Did you have a good time, Mareko, with that I event? did have a good time, and actually, that was something that was missing from my whole last week. I even had it in my notes, and I apparently did not Don't worry, I got it. you. Anyway. I got you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a good time. It was fun. Um, I, I sat there with Rainy Day Forge, and oh my god, I can't. I'm spacing on the other gentleman's name, but Lando um, Novak. There he is. Lando there Novak. Is. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a jerk. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. Sorry, Lando. Anyways, um, we treated it like a kind of, it started out kind of like with, as a, like a podcast interview. Um, but I, I repeatedly uh, referred them back to our, our chat on the full blast podcast uh, to go check that out and listen to that. If you want to go deeper. Um, and then we talked about Damascus. We answered questions about Damascus. I did some. I, I went over some stuff about how I use math in my Damascus planning and preparation. And um, I think it, it was, you know, honestly, unfortunately, it's a very short period window. Like we talked for like half an hour or forty minutes before we even started talking about Damascus. And so then I was trying to cram all this math stuff in in you know ten fifteen minutes, and then still had time to chat afterwards. And so it was kind of it was a lot to t- try squeeze in in that small window but i think it, it, w- it went well um and i have uh, i actually took screenshots for anybody who h- jumped in and checked out the uh can iron event um they still have all of the videos all the presentations available for everybody afterwards and i'm sending some um screen or uh pictures that I snapped or scans that I took of the notes that I was sharing in that thing. And they'll uh, get emails out to everybody who's interested in that. Cool. Cool. That is, that gonna be like an an, is that an annual thing? Or is it going to happen every year? It's a good question. I don't know. This is the first time actually I've ever heard of can iron, uh, held, who's it hosted by the Manitoba blacksmith association. Can iron has been around for a while. Um, okay. Uri Hoffa used to go to it back in the day, and I remember he and Zivik Gottlieb used to go to Can Iron often, or however many years it was. But it was this isn't the first. I I, I almost yeah Can Iron Can Iron Rainy Day saying is biennial, so I guess that means biennial. What is biennial? <laughs> every, every other year, year, I think. Oh, okay. or, or twice. Why did you say that, Rainy Day? I, for I'm Christ's sure. sakes, make me look is bad. It, 
Twice Jesus a year or Christ. every other year. I don't know. I don't know. Jesus Christ. Biennial. All right. You want to hear some more positive? Should I get back to positivity before I yell at Franny today? <laughs> Let, let's do another question, and maybe we'll go we'll go back to another okay. question then. Um, okay. It's from McDuff Forge. Um, hey, guys, I have a Damascus question. What is the difference between multibar and mosaic Damascus? Mm. I've never personally, I've never heard of multibar um, Damascus. Um, Jeff, do you know what multibar Damascus is? Let's stop playing. And why are you asking me? <laughs> I mean, obviously, I know it from I know it from uh, what Salem Straub does and what Mareko does. But you're, why don't you hear it from him? Yeah. So multibar Damascus is it's a technique that's honestly been around since about 500 BC for combining patterned bars of steel. Um, and this was back in Celtic cultures uh, from uh, either southern Germany or parts of like uh, like France. Um, and um, so what they would do is they would purposefully take bars, twist the bars up, and then now you have this twisted rod. Then you lay up, you know, whatever, three or four of those together, whatever kind of essentially what the width of your blade is going to be mostly they were doing it for swords and you kind of they would use wire wrap today we would tig weld or, or mig weld the ends and to help keep them together and then you weld them up uh as on edge like a stack whatever the three or four high now the difference between that and mosaic damascus is mosaic damascus gets its name from um the the like ancient roman or actually like cultures around the world would use make mosaics which are these giant usually uh images from a t like thousands and thousands of pieces of crushed tile and rock and stone and all these different things and so mosaic damascus gets its name from that because what you're doing is you have you forge out a pattern you have a parent bar of whatever dimension and then you're cutting thin slices off of it little tiles and then you're laying that pattern to face out now uh, on the what will become the faces of the blade and then you forge weld those back together so that is the difference between a multibar and a mosaic Damascus. In fact, I really, Jeff already said uh, Salem Straub is a great example. Uh, another really great example for, especially for multibar stuff, is our our guy. Uh, oh my God, I'm, I can't. I'm spacing on everybody's name. Matt Parkinson. Sun and Stars. No, San and, oh, Sun Emiliano. and Stars. Emiliano. Emiliano. Yeah, and then mosaics. What another good example for mosaics would be uh, like Jamie. Lundell from Dragon's Breath Forge. And then Salem is a great example of combining both mosaics with multibars. So he'll add a bar along one edge or both edges of his tiled mosaic billet. Go check him out. One of the things that I had talked to, to Salem Straub about on a Full Blast was he actually makes the multibar react to the S-grind. So his borders of what the s grind goes will be the top bar and the bottom bar and it makes it really really interesting because it creates this purpose this like visual purpose for the s grind and he's uh he's under i mean and he makes it look up. very thoughtful and intentional very thoughtful and intentional perfect perfect yeah 
Cool. Well, whilst we're talking about uh, Damascus, it's probably a good time to announce the winners, which Dharma Steel already done about their competition, which they run last week, um, to win their new patterns, which were Nidhogg and Fafnir, which are their new lovely patterns. Uh, Brookdale Knives won the Nidhogg, a bar of Nidhogg to work with, and the Fafnir winner was, I, I think it's N. Lamarcond. Um, won that one. So if you're listening, well done. Um, but we're, we're going to start sort of uh, featuring people who are using Dharma Steel. So if you're using Dharma Steel, hashtag on Instagram any images or videos of Dharma Steel and Knife Talk. So hashtag Dharma Steel, hashtag Knife Talk. Um, and we'll we'll feature your work so we can start showing some um, some pictures and maybe we can get you on the on the show as well and you can talk about, you know, how you, how you made that knife. That could be quite cool. So, yeah. So, um, if you're using Dharma Steel, hashtag any images with Dharma Steel and with Knife Talk, and we can we can we can show them on the show on the show. That would be quite cool. Yeah, this will like be the first time to we... our community showcase, right? There you exactly. go. Where you see, do that. And this will be the yeah. first time we're actually encouraging people to tag us. That, this is it. <laughs> this is it. You you won't get Dharma Steel, Dharma Steel, and that's it because. Some of it, man. I mean, some of you guys gotta do something because it's like, please get some damage steel and tag us, and that's it. Was a positivity. <laughs> oh, I think oh you froze again. Craig, oh, you, you frozen, Craig. Oh God, come on, Craig. We'll, let's give some positivity, maybe. I'm gonna or give some positivity while while Craig is like stuck in like he's stuck with a like a rictus grin on his face uh i'm gonna send some positivity so nick hershey nick hershey here's he says here's a positive story i never wanted to pick up forging because i thought I, you had to wear a kilt and worship odin or something uh a great group of guys uh, black horse forge have a nonprofit for veterans teaching blacksmithing and bladesmithing classic classes for free which i attended I now forge knives, and I don't wear a kilt or worship Odin. Thanks, guys. Nick Hershey. That's pretty cool. Black Horse Forge. Shout out to giving uh, veterans uh, some free blacksmithing and bladesmithing classes. Nice. You there, Craig? I'm here. Can you? My man. Me? No problem. No problem. Do you want another positivity, or you want a question? Or let's do it. Let's keep it. Let's keep things positive. Okay, Neil Warren, who is just on Forge and Fire, it's Maximus Knives, says the community is full of the most giving and amazingly talented people. And there are some self-righteous assholes, uh, but the other people that make it worth it far outweigh them. Thank you guys for existing. And I wanted to follow that up with a hot take, which is there is nobody more self-righteous than a maker who learned how to make something. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Who does a one day fo- somebody does a forging course and um, all of a sudden thinks he knows how to forge? Nobody's more self righteous. Nobody's more self righteous than somebody who just learned to make something. Nobody. <laughs> Whilst we're talking about uh, positivity and sort of good news, um, I've only heard good things about Blade this year. Um, everybody come back and said they met some amazing people and they've learned so much by just by looking at other people's work. So, so if you did go. Congratulations. It sounds like you had a really, really good time. It was. Yeah. And P.S. Jordan Lamote wrapped that show. He rolled that show up. It was the Jordan oh Lamote show. Master Bladesmith. He had the B.R. Hughes Award. He had Best Fixed Knife and Best in Show. A boy rolled the show up. Rolled it up. Made it his awesome. bitch. 
Oh, as well, I mean, as I'm sure Jordan would not say. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, what's so far? What's so far?" I say, "You roll it up and fine." So, great time, Blade Show. Cool, cool. Mareko, do you want to take a question from our growing list? Yeah, yeah. Actually, so there was actually a question in the comments, and this is part of the benefit of being live or watching the show live. So it was from Grateful Knives. It's already gone out of the scroll, but I, I oh. Yes, that's it exactly. So he said, "Could you give me some more insight on the alloy alloy banding and the effect on the performance of the knife? Really like the Woots look of it. It showed up in my hormone. So alloy banding happens in almost any steels, almost any steels, and that's especially steels that are in the hyper eutectoid range, which means um, the eutectoid point is at approximately." 0.77 percent carbon by weight um below that is hypo oh, whoops below that is hypo eutectoid above that is hyper eutectoid and anytime you have extra carbon in the steel if there's any kind of carb or alloy banding or alloy carboid forming elements like chrome like molybdenum like uh vanadium tungsten all kinds of stuff um it will want to start coalescing around those carbide forming elements, creating this kind of banding effect. Um, even even if there aren't those that uh, kind of like kind of stronger carbide forming elements like vanadium, especially in tungsten and chromium, they will still want to do that around uh, the ferrite that forms, the iron carbides that naturally just form in the steel. Now, the the thing is, you don't necessarily always see them because there are other elements, especially like manganese, that kind of cloud over and hide. It. But banding happens in all, it's, one, is almost completely unavoidable in, in most steels. Uh, and yeah, so it's it's just always there. It's just you don't always see it, especially when a knife is not either differentially hardened like with a hormone uh or it's been given kind of like that time to um to for those kind of that carbide banding or those bands to kind of form um they ultimately like from my understanding and this might be a better question for mr dr laren thomas uh to answer if we get him back on the show again um but regarding performance you know there are a lot of guys who claim that they help a lot in the performance uh, of the knife, ha having those kind of those extra carbides in the steel to help with edge retention um, and having kind of like these alternating regions of high carbon or high carbide um, and versus like low carbide and kind of like carbon depleted, I guess, regions. Um, yeah, you also see it a lot in like steels like A2 and D2, which are really high carbon content with um, strong alloy, alloy forming elements like chromium and um, um, and vanadium. But that's what's going on, and that's kind of how they come to be, and affect how they're affecting the performance. I, I in my experience with my own steels, I, and where I've intentionally tried to kind of make use of that extra carbon um to create some of that banding i haven't noticed a, a kind of a depletion in performance um or lowering in performance of the steel or the toughness or whatever you want to go but again dr laren thomas would be a better person to talk to about that cool that must that must be day two of 
of forging classes, I'm sure. Did, we didn't cover that. <laughs> At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. We've got a question from Baltic Blades, who is quite often in the tier on the live shows. I'm not sure if they're there today, but um, dear Mr. G, G Fader, Fader um, with the utmost respect, what is the only piece of equipment that you regret buying? And he says, many times you, you've referred to it, but you were never specific. Maybe we can learn from your mistakes. Biggest, biggest spending regret in the workshop. I have two things that I curse. One, I don't curse as much, and I've gotten to use it. I've gotten to like it more, and it's nothing to do with the the, the unit itself. I now like my Tormek. <laughs> I didn't like it before because I didn't like the fact that I, I was having a hard time putting a factory finish on the edges of the knife. But now I'm using it more often, especially the leather strop. Um, I've gotten it back. I like to use it. I've actually used it for sharpening up knives and stuff like that, other knives. But it's not... I mean, it's for the kind of... The way I want to send my knives out, I just... There's something about it. It's, it takes. It was too slow for me, but now I've been able to figure out how to use it, and I really like it now. So f- instead of using the buffer after I've done all my grinding uh, of the edge, uh, I use the I use the the leather, the rolling leather with the um, compound to just finish it, and it does make it a little bit extra sharp. So I I do like the, I do like it. So I used to curse it, but that was just because I just it was for me. I think it's a great machine. Um, but that was it. And the other thing is my goddamn tire hammer, which I got it because I had to, I got it because in my mind, I thought I'm not going to be able to afford, uh, the hammer whisperer to come up for a day if I were to get something that I can't fix myself. So I thought I'm going to get a tire hammer that's made out of steel and that I can repair if I have to. And I have. I've had replaced parts or I've had rewelding and because it's not cast iron, it's you know, parts are fixable and replaceable in welding. And Cliff came up and helped me work on it a little bit and it's it's fine. It's not optimal, but it's fine. And I can do the maintenance on it. So those are the two things that I have cursed, but I do love too because I use the power hammer today, the tire hammer today, and actually it is super helpful, but <sighs> Not optimal. I've, I've got a buy-in regret, um, which I'm going to go into in just a sec. But uh, Morocco, anything in your, in your shop that you've bought and you think, maybe that wasn't the best use of my funds? Hmm. I have kind of a simple setup. And everything I have, I need to do what I'm doing. Um, so, not off the top of my head. I can't really think of anything. If anything, it would be, okay, maybe it would be steel. I've purchased, like, I, at one point, I 
purchased a, a few hundred pounds of Crew Forge V one and a quarter inch round bar that I almost never use. <laughs> and so I just have all this steel laying around and it's a pain. It's heavy. It's a pain in the ass. Every like all these moves from here to Connecticut and back and through a different few different shops. Every time I got to lug that 300 plus pounds of steel around with me. Um, and so that's probably one thing I regret loading up on something that I didn't realize I wasn't really going to make much use out of. <laughs> Here's my, my biggest regret is spending probably years buying sandpaper from local sort of DIY stores. Um, and, you know, it, it didn't see a lot of the stuff. Um, and it was never really doing the job until Indasa came along. Indasa Rhino Wet. So um, you won't regret it. it. It may be slightly more expensive than the sort of shop brand stuff that you buy in a DIY store. But this stuff is, is made for, you know, it's made for knife makers. Made, you can do lots of other stuff, but knife makers love it. Because it saves you time and it's sick because it's so, so good. It's efficient. You can keep using it. And it's got really, really good grit. But you can get it with a discount too from Texas Farrier Supply. If you head over to TexasFarrierSupply.com, they stock Rhino Wet by Indasa in all the grits that you could possibly want. Um, we recommend getting getting the 220 because that's a real workhorse. Um, but get get a few sheets. They sell it by the sheet as well, so you can get exactly what you want. So head on over to TexasFarrierSupply.com. Look at their knife making section too because they've got a lot more than just than just you know sandpaper. Go take a look. Use Knife Talk 10 and get 10% off, and you won't get. Oh boy. Well, <laughs> while we're waiting for <laughs> while we're waiting for Mr. Freeze, uh, W. Crumb Bladesmith just uh, just put in the he asked, "What are your tire hammer cons?" I'm going to the tire hammer build class in, in November. Uh, Wesley, my cons are, I wish I had built it because at least I would have a better understanding of. I think you're in a better position because you you're going to be building yourself. I would assume it's a Clay Spencer tire hammer class those are great he's the man uh clay spencer is the king of created the tire hammer this is not a clay spencer style tire hammer it's perfectly good i because i didn't build it i don't have as much of an understanding and there were parts that were missing that i had to find out later i would have liked to have unfortunately i'm not yeah (laughs) unfortunately there were things that were you know whatever it's fine it's fine now like i said because i was i was able to re-weld it myself redo things myself it allowed me to have a little bit more control as opposed to if it was like a little giant power hammer and it was possibly cracked or something like that and then you're kind of out um i would say wesley because you're going to be building yourself i I would imagine it's a 25 pound little up uh, 25 pound clay spencer i would think i would i'm, I'm just assuming it's going to be great and the fact that you're going to be doing yourself you're going to be able to do all the repairs yourself which is going right. to be great because you're going to know how to do it i got a follow-up for you what go ahead what do you feel are some of the limitations of the tire hammer um they're not a versus, lot of limits just to say like a heavier hammer basically well this is a 50 pound tire hammer so huh. For what I'm doing, it's fine. Uh, I wish, I wish the dies were in line. I wish Mm. I had 
you know, you want to go into it. I mean, really, like there, there are things yeah. that had to be repaired. Um, Ooh, there's not a lot of limitations for. I mean, I'm not going to be doing. I mean, we've I've forged integral knives with it with ease. Um, I've oh, made nice. Damascus with it with ease. I mean, it's not like you know, like a you know, 500 pound nasal or whatever, 400 pound nasal or nasal B or whatever. Not one of those, but it's right. for a 50 pound tire hammer. Um, it's going to work. Okay, so Craig is saying, Craig is saying, keep going as it's all good for audio for Monday. Wi-Fi here is bad, so I think it's going to be the me and Mareko show, which is fine. So Craig, okay. that's the way it is. No, he's probably this. Actually, be honest with you, what this means is he's like, this is perfect because now I can go out with my wife and fuck him, <laughs> right? Right? Has to be. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, you want to you want to ask you want to go go keep going the question or you want to do anything? What do you? Whatever I was going to follow up with the tire hammer. So Wes is saying that it's going to be seventy five pounds, which wow. I think is a solid weight. That's I mean that's a pretty Huge. big weight for a tire hammer. Uh, really, I think that would be super. Yeah, super handy for especially for forging Damascus. Regarding like the four B, like the guys over at Dragon's Breath have, like that thing is a little bit overkill. That's a Huge. giant hammer. And like honestly, the work that's being done on it does not necessarily justify it. If they probably would be fine with like a two hundred pound hammer. Right. Um and when I was there, the hammer I liked the most was actually the hundred pounder, or I guess technically it was 110. 110 is a pretty sweet spot. I made most of my Damascus under that. It's great for forging knives, moving material, sizing stuff down. My only concern for, because there are smaller tire hammers, like you were saying, a 25 pounder. The limitation, yeah, I think you could probably still make Damascus from that. Like uh, uh, Julian Antunes down in, shit, wherever the hell he's at. Um, I think he's in Sao Paulo, uh, but he is, he's making some of the cleanest, tightest, most well-organized, like beautiful Damascus, but he's only working 25 pounder, but it takes yeah. forever because it's just, yeah. it doesn't have the power to move. So it takes yeah. a lot of time. They're great for forging blades. I wish I had a 25 pounder just for forging blades. Because right. you can slam it, slam out some blades on those things. Um, but I, I just got my press, but that's Jesse's those are got a, things to take into consideration. Yeah, I use I use Jesse's twenty five pound little giant, and it's like the, it. You can hear how quiet. I mean, how it's like little quick taps, quick taps. Yeah. But speaking of your press, I don't know if you saw this. Talking about brown bagging, talking about brown bagging. I don't yeah. know if you saw if you saw coal. I probably works. did. Yes, coal ironworks has a CNC as a CNC attachment to their press. And now you can program it and it's basically going to run, you know, you're not going to have to use, I mean, we're brown bagging coal ironworks, but fine. You're going to be able to, you're going to be able to basically run it with almost like kind of like a hammer. I mean, because it's going to be, did you see that? Yeah. So you can, you can set it to cycle up and down within a certain range. Um, You can also, you can set, instead of having to use stop blocks, you can, just set you know squish down to right. only like inch and a half or inch or whatever or two inch or whatever you got um so you can set limitations in height uh just those things alone Crazy. for me personally would make it so wor- even if like even if that addition to the system is like a few thousand dollars i kind of feel like that would be really nice 
to have and be worth it because honestly, using stop blocks is really hard on machines, both power hammers and presses, because it, typically you're only using stop blocks on one side. And so what that does with the top die can really get funky over some time um, and have not, not having to basically deal with that um, would make a huge difference in, in how that tool performs, I guess, over time. It's it's crazy, and I was talking to Cliff Dufton about it because you know he makes presses, and he's just like he's like, yeah, that's kiss blocks are out now. You don't have to, you don't need kiss yeah. blocks anymore. Um, uh, Grateful Knives asks, how's the vibration on the floor with the tire hammer compared to an air hammer? All depends. I have mine. I have mine on the concrete. It's I don't need a to like make like a whole you know structure underneath and have a certain amount. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't really hit that hard. Um, there, sure. it, it is loud. It is, there is vibration in a lot of hammers. The Jesse Savage had just got a new Anyang and he doesn't have it. I don't think he has it mounted to the ground. Uh, I think that I don't, oh. don't it depends on, I don't think he, I mean, he's got what, like a, what size Anyang is it? Is it like oh, an 88? I think so. I'm not hundred yeah. percent sure. I mean, some, some of these hammers, you know, I mean, I remember our friend, I don't know if you remember tap forge, Tucker Paris, Tucker Paris had a 25 pound or 50 pound little giant on casters. And he would do these videos, <laughs> these, these like, these like fast, you know, like sped up videos. And he called, he called the hammer Taylor Swift because it would just start to move. It would just start to roll while I was using it. <laughs> so I mean, the floor. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. I just remember yeah. watching, he's like, he's doing these fast videos and the goddamn tire hammer is like rolling down the side of the shop. Um, my vibra- I would say this grateful knives. I would not have if I if I, I would not have this tire hammer in my in my uh, garage. I, I, power hammer oh, is sure. not. But power hammer is tough for if you have if you have a uh, uh, Tom Moss says the four thousand uh, dollars addition allegedly. If it's four thousand okay. dollars, that's not terrible for that CNC for coal ironworks. No, um, but. Uh, uh yeah so if, if you have any power hammer questions we when we're on a power hammer thing i don't i have mine like i have mine uh i put i put threaded rod into the ground i drilled threaded rod and put some epoxy right. in and i haven't had a real problem yeah from what i understand like the 88 and yangs um or even honestly the 110 that i worked on the samac at dragon's breath it it, it wasn't on its own dedicated footing they did right. have a six inch slab though and so I think ideally you have a thicker slab and it's one you, when you start getting up to probably like 150, 160, that's when you want to start thinking about pouring its own separate footing. Right. Um, because that's, it's just going to start crushing, like crumbling the floor, honestly, like the, the slab's just not going to be able to handle it and it's going to start cracking it up and making a mess. Um, so Grateful Knives says, I have a shop, but there's clay on peat, so the vibration could knock the cups off the neighbor's cabinet. Yeah, you know, that's that for, for I mean, we've talked about this before. I mean, if you're a hobbyist, having a uh, having a a press might be a little bit more neighbor friendly. I mean, of course it makes that whirling, but I mean it's not like sure. it's not it's not annoying and like right. a power hammer can be. One, you know what's surprising? If you can figure out housing for, especially for the motor or, and the pump situation on your press, that will dampen down the noise tremendously. Even if it was just like a styrofoam, bo- like a foam insulation box that you kind of just laid over it, it makes a huge difference in how much noise it makes. 
So if you're listening to this, Craig is, you can't really hear, you can't hear him or see him because he's out, but he is listening and he is piping messages in. So Craig, if you want to keep piping up messages or you want to like get us some time, you know, send us a little message saying it's time for the Broadback, Broadback read or whatever we can, why not just, let's just fucking do the Broadback read right now. If I were getting a grinder and I have, I don't regret having this grinder. I would have a Broadbeck Ironworks 2x72 grinder. I love mine. And those guys destroyed it at Blade Show. They were awesome. And uh, if you oh, go yeah. to broadbeckironworks.com, put in promo code KNIFETALK10, you can get... <laughs> Craig, is, Craig is working the, from the behind. You can't see him. You can't hear him. But he's putting stuff in. I love it. The Phantom. So go put in pro, uh, knife talk ten, and you get ten percent off your orders. What do you th- What do you think about Brawbag? What What would you get? I love the grinder. And actually, we were talking about regrets, like you were saying earlier. I regret not buying my first grinder. I regret building my first grinder. I wish I had bought a grinder. And honestly, like the deal that you can get with Brawbag, the whole setup and the, how flexible the machine is, is well worth the money and right. it, and I, I i really i i stress this every week but i love the flexibility of being able to either use tool arms that are from other platforms or ones that i made myself on this same machine and it they i i didn't have to make any adjustments at all i was able to just throw things right onto the broadback and start working right away um I'm really excited to see what goes forward with because they they showed some new stuff uh, at the show too. They have this new sharpening sharpening uh, machine that they just released, and I think oh a stainless machine. They had the first prototype of the stainless machine, which looked pretty fucking cool. To not have to worry about rusting or any of that concerns any of those things. So, and you know who bought that? Kyle Daly. Kyle Daly. Cage. Cage Daly, Kyle Daly. Sure, uh, he uh, he snagged that up. He must have. He was he was selling so many knives. He must have put it all into that grinder. You know, put it all in that stainless steel grinder. <laughs> God bless. God bless Kyle yeah. Daly. Um, I have an interesting dilemma here from actually from one of the people who list who's in the chat right now. We've talked to okay. Wesley Crum W Crum Bladesmith okay. says, "Hey guys, I got a dilemma. People are constantly sending me pictures of knives they found online, wanting me to make them." Almost mm. all of them don't mean it like, hey, I just stole this design from a guy. Uh, can you copy it? Uh, they just want something made by me, and that's the knife they like from their Google search. My reply is always um, that I can make something similar, but I'm not copying anyone's work. Uh, I then take the general shape in mind and put my own spin on it. Is there a better way to approach this? Thanks, guys. Love the show. The new video format is awesome, Wesley. And... Without any further ado, I'd like to add their fearless leader is back from the Phantom Zone. Craig, can you hear us? <laughs> back from the void. You fucking He's on mute. You're on mute, dude. You're on mute. I can hear you. I can hear you. us. <laughs> <laughs> we, we held it together. We held it you together. Oh, I could hear you. Yeah. I could hear you, but I was I just, yeah. It, the signal here is terrible. It's hotel Wi-Fi. What do you expect? Well, we can, you know, we, we figured it out. We figured it out for... Uh, is that Grateful Night? Is that Cardiff that Bay Wi-Fi? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, my wife isn't in the room, so... That sounds even worse, doesn't it? That sounds... <laughs> <laughs> that sounds worse. 
this is you and the spiders. The moment. You and the spiders. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, so, okay. so, so the dilemma. The dilemma that, that Wesley has is people send him knives that they want him to make, and they're, you know, they're clearly somebody else's knives. What do you do? If it's not my sort of style that I make, um, I, I, I do it a lot. I, I send, I, you know, recommend other makers say, you know, this isn't what I'd make, but, you know, this particular style looks like something that they would make. Um, so I, I do that quite regularly. Um, so a customer will come to me, and if it's not for me, I'll show them. I'll show them somebody else. Oh, or even if, if you know, I just don't want to do that particular job. You know, that that <laughs> if, if it suits somebody else's style, do the decent thing. Send it on to them. That's what I say. I don't think people mean it. Like I don't. I just. I mean, I definitely. I, I think this happens way more for like tattooists. You find something online, and can you do this for me? I've I've done that to my friends. Like being like, yo, man, can you do can you do this? And he's just like, well, why don't you just get it from him? I'm like, well, the dude's in Japan. How am I going to do that? I mean, I'm going to fly to Japan and get a tattoo. Give me your version. Give me your version of that. I think that that's the way to go. Which what you were saying is, you could say something like that. Well, I'm not going to. Here's a perfect example. I make these different knives, but they they come from the same place. I just re- redesigned my original kind of picnic knife, this little tiny, I guess you'd say an EDC. I was making one, and then I decided to update the handle to make it a little bit different. It came from the same place. You can see where it's coming from. So if somebody shows you, you know, a knife from Don Nguyen and said, I love something like this, you could say, if I were to do something like that, it would be completely different. And this is the reasons why. And then you make a kind of like a make like a very clear, thoughtful plan on something that I can make you a nine inch chef knife and it might have some attribute, you know, aspects of it but i'm not knocking off a person's knife you want to be i feel like it's important to be as truthful and honest but also sincere to what you're doing as possible because otherwise it's like these one-offs are nonsense no i yeah i've definitely received emails in the past of people wanting like an exact copy of a certain style and, and like another maker style and i've just say you know i like uh, Craig was saying, I just refer them to the maker and or ask them to, you know, they should probably go to the maker. Um, but sometimes when I'm working with customer customers who want a certain style, but they don't really know necessarily how to describe it, I I tell them, I say, why don't you find some pictures, send me the pictures, so I I can visually better understand what the hell they're talking about, um, because unfortunately, most of the time people don't necessarily know what to call just just various parts of the blades or different blade profiles or very, very like various handle styles. And so I just say, you know, give me some pictures for some reference. So I understand what you're getting at. And, and that, again, like we were talking about, I, I understand at that point, they're not necessarily asking me to copy anything. They just, they don't know how to articulate themselves. Right. And so I tell them to send me some pictures. And, um, and after a few pictures and a, and a conversation about how I would make my spin or how I can make that work. That is when uh, we move forward with that order. Yeah. I mean, you, we're just going to have to deal with people's, you know, behaving in a manner that they don't realize they don't know. People still think yeah. it takes you five minutes. They think your Amazon is going to come out in five minutes. You know, they, <laughs> people don't know. People don't know. With that, with that said, I'd like to add a, a, uh, 
a time-sensitive, uh, positive story because Blade Show was last week. This comes from Bald Man Knife and Tool. Here's a positive story. I attended Blade Show this year and was blown away by the generosity of the makers I've admired and was and was able to meet. Their willingness to offer guidance and encouragement and future support is humbling to a new maker like myself. Big thanks to the three of you for all you do, uh, all the other makers willing to pass along invaluable advice. Meeting your heroes, you may be blown away by their kindness. Thanks, Brent. I would say sometimes meeting your heroes is a huge mistake. (laughs) Just saying. What hero did you meet that you were super bummed about? I had some interactions with some people that I was like, this was a huge mistake, you know, cause you create these ideas of what people are actually like, and then you meet sure. them and they don't, you know, they, they, it's impossible to, for them to meet your expectation. And it's like, prick. Oh, okay. Perfect. Perfect example is Marissa Tomei. I was walking down the street when I was, when I was younger, I thought that I had recognized her cause she was kind of my age. And I thought that she was like one of these girls that I knew from school. And, um, I looked at her and it didn't dawn on me that it was Marissa Tomei. And then she sneered at me and then made a face like, who? yes, I know I'm Marissa Tomei. Who is and it Marissa was like, Tomei? Was like, she was, she? she's, Oh this, my God. Marissa Tomei plays uh, in the newest Spider-Man. It's it's Aunt May. She's she's been she's incredible. She's hottest, incredible. Hottest Aunt May ever. <laughs> I know. What the fuck? Why do you have to make Aunt May hot? She's supposed to be an old bag. I mean, it's like crazy. Um, yeah, she was in My Cousin Vinny. She played the the sister in My Cousin Vinny. She's a very Marissa Tomei. She was in. Like, was, she was in that one. Uh, the re- the wrestler, right? She was in the wrestler. She was in the wrestler. She's hot in the wrestler too. But it was like, you know, I saw her and she's like, oh, it's Marissa Tomei. She's like, she's giving me a, she's giving me the gas face. I'm like, I don't think I need this. Anymore. I don't want to, I'm not happy about that. You know, so we can do whatever you want. We got hot takes. We got unsolicited advice. We got questions. I give you guys the choice. Let's see. Craig is frozen again. So he's frozen. Whatever. Again. Yeah, he's frozen. Here, it's like a homunculus. Look at him. Look at him. He's not saying anything. He's just kind of squinting with through his glasses. He looks good, but I mean, it's like you know. <laughs> there he goes. He's back. <laughs> what do you want to do? What do you want to do, Marco? Uh, you have. Have we done any hot takes yet? Uh, no, I can do some hot takes. I have hot takes here. As we, you know, guys, hot takes are un, are just unfounded, obnoxious things to say that, you know, they're not really based on, they're based on shallow moralizing. So this hot take comes from Ebon Blades. Hot takes are the flat earthers of conversation, entertaining to watch, but not to be taken seriously. That is true. Hot takes are not meant, I mean, hot takes are hot takes to make you say something. You're right. 100%. Baltic Blade says, uh, hot take, there's no such thing as cheating in knife making. Good hot take. Pretty good. There's lying. There's not cheating. Uh, This one comes from Robert Pierce. Hand sanding only sucks when you aren't using the time for reflection, creation, or meditation. Look at you. That's a hot take. Uh, Green Street Forge. Hot take for this week. Blade show is to knife makers as Coachella is to hipsters. I'm not mad at that. That's got a good point. <laughs> Thought a bad one. Um, Culture Blade says, here's a hot take coming at you. Blade Sports is the gladiators, American gladiators, the American gladiators TV show of the knife world. 
You know, I used to love that. watching that show. Oh yeah, which was your favorite? So for all you got, all you youngsters out there, American Gladiators, where they got these steroided out uh, thugs <laughs> to stand in this like padded cell, and they had to, you know, these like athletes uh, had to. Uh, what do they have to do? They had to run gauntlets or something like that, and they got shot with. I like, mean, basically, basically, it's like American Ninja Warrior now, except for there are other people on the course trying to knock you down. <laughs> And battle you down, battle you out, stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't remember honestly many of the people's names, many of the characters' names. So, Turbo, Turbo. I remember, I, I do remember Turbo hyper extending his knee and having to be taken out. Yeah, Jet. There was a Jet. There's a Jet in the UK Gladiators. She was the hot one. Jet. He was the hot one. She. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) she was the hot one. Okay. And I would kind of like, you know, I've just been a little bit distracted because we put a knife up uh, to sell and I didn't get a chance to, uh, on the website, didn't get a chance to promote it. And Tony just wrote, sold already. Good job. And like, Ah. why didn't, I didn't do any, I didn't do anything. So I was, I was like, I'm podcasting now and, you know, whatever. (laughs) All right. And the last one comes from Ben Stark. Uh, Ben Stark got a last minute hot take for you. Armchair historians need to accept that the entire knife knife industry calls folded steel with a pattern Damascus. And they can shut up and stop talking about how no one knows the true method of making Damascus and that we shouldn't call it that. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, dude. Griffith's handmade knives. Marissa Tomei wasn't hot enough to be considered for Blue Lagoon 2. Uh, Mila Jovovich, that's my my only possible claim to fame was I was almost in the return to the Blue Lagoon, Blue Lagoon 2, was starring young Mila Jovovich. She would have been my age. We would have both been 16. and would have been under the waterfalls in Fiji making out. It would have been awesome. If it had been um, Marissa Tomei, would have been mad about that either. Either one. Um, I wouldn't right. be mad at either one of those, you know. I mean, no. wouldn't have been mad at one of those. Thank you very much. So there you go. Time is moving uh-huh. on, and I'm, my connection's dropping in and out. So let's quickly. Dreams for the week. Um, I'll go first, and hopefully the, the connection will hold up. Um, dream for the week is to have an even more chilled week. There's not much I can say about knives this week, so I haven't done anything for weeks. Um, but we're, we're heading back next Friday morning, so I'm hoping the journey goes well. Um, we've got sun in Wales this week, so I'm hoping that yeah, I can spend some time out in the sun with the kids, um, and we all have to get to have a good time. Jeff, your week. What? Are- Where's my, where's my cut list? Where's my, where's my drawing list? I haven't heard anything about your damn book. I'm like sitting around. I got things to do, and I'm waiting for. He's look, look it's, at you. Look, it's coming. Even giving me it's, one thing. It's coming. It's, you'll have a list and all to do at once, and it needs to be done. Oh, okay. With, you know, within 24 hours, you know, I'll give you. Yeah, give of you, course. You know, we'll give you some time. Um, of course. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> The dream for the week. I just did these steak knives with I. You know, with the weird thing about wine barrel wood is it's a, a lot of it's 
different thickness for some reason. So I've been getting a lot of barrel heads and I just received some barrel heads from this winemaker and he wanted to make steak knives with them and they were much thinner. So I processed them and stabilized them and I was able to cut them down and I was able to have the wine stained part on one side of the knife and the non wine stained part you on the other bastard. side of the knife. You bastard. What do you mean you bastard? I'm working on something very, very similar back 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 on my bench sitting on my bench back home something very very similar well i mean it wasn't really up to me if it were up to me i would have just you know sand it all down and hit it with the torch and be done with it but i mean it was he wanted a little bit of that uh wine stain so i was able to do that and it worked and i was like i was freaking because like you know you can't you know you have to be real careful how you're grinding because you don't want to lose you don't have a whole lot of room to grind it away. So those are going out this week with a sausage prick. The sausage pricks are back. And um, yeah, I, I, I got to forge this week. So that was really cool. And we're going on where my kids starting her, for, her just started a new job at a coffee shop. So we're all, everyone's, you know, getting ready for school to be done and boom, 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 going on a vacation. We're going to Wisconsin at the end of July. So nice. What have you got there? I'm we're going to visit my in-laws which we haven't seen in a couple of years and uh we're going to drive out there. I'm not thrilled, but it'll be fine. Uh not thrilled about the in-laws so, about or about the drive. No, I love the in-laws. It's just like 15-hour drive. I know you love that, but I for me it's like <laughs> no thank you. Not great with the dogs and the whole thing. It's not the best. Know. Not the best. Morocco, your week. <sighs> I'm hoping to get this handle finished shaped and onto hand sanding without any hitch. Uh, I got a new uh, hand sanding, blade hand sanding vice that I've been really excited to use. Uh, it's the uh, the Trojan Horse hand sanding vice. Uh, who is it? Freehill Blades just got one of those hand sanding vices. They're crazy, super cool. Um, so I, I want to get through the handle without any mistake so I can get on with the rest of it. Um, also, as a little fun side note, um, <clears throat> my son, I've been talking to my son about having a lemonade stand because we live in this neighborhood. It's a dead end street, um, but gets tons of foot traffic. And so we, that Look idea you of the lemonade kids to work this week, the two of you, hell yeah. retirement. That's what you're planning for. I can see it. <laughs> Make that uh, money. Dude, my kid's going to put her first paycheck into Bitcoin. Really? Oh, yeah. Maybe she thought. Well, we thought. What the maybe a good time at the moment. Maybe. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for pushing me into Bitcoin. I bought it too high. Obviously, it's your fault. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Whoa. I know. I know. I did that on purpose. I did that on purpose. I know you're not Paul Pinto. Oh, he pulls his fucking headphones out. He's hanging out in a. He's hanging in a hotel room. He's pulling all. He's pulling it all out. Sorry, pulling cables out. There we go. <laughs> uh, but that idea of the lemonade stands uh evolved into victor's snack shack and so today uh he Wee. decided he, he wants to make a uh, a commercial for his snack shack so people know to come by so we took a bunch of video this morning of him talking about like the food that's going to be available <laughs> that's awesome all him it's all him <laughs> you've got to play it on the show next week gotta it's get, awesome I'll, I'll get the video together and it's gonna be a crack up Dude, um so funny 
he even like was like at the end of the video, he's like, and you can find this at Victor Snack Shack Pizza Dogs dot com slash. <laughs> like he was, I was like, where's this thing awesome. from? It's like, how do you know about slashes and dot com, dude? Uh, so I want to put that together because it's it's priceless. It's so funny. That's so. Awesome. I have to do an Instagram page, Victor Snack Shack, before one yeah. of these. I think one so. of these creeps takes it. Oh shit! I'm I'm on it. Yeah. <laughs> Better be. <laughs> So thank you all for listening. Everybody that's in the chat who's watching live, anybody who's listening on Monday, um, apologies for me dropping in and out. Um, we're on hotel Wi-Fi here, so it's not the best. Um, but hopefully the show has been of value to, to some of you. And we shall speak to you all again next week. Next week. Remember, if you're doing any Dharma Steel stuff, hashtag Dharma Steel and Knife Talk so we can feature on the show. Questions, you can send your questions to us by... Contact us via DM at Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. It's that easy. That easy. And we shall speak to you again next week. Bye for now. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Oh, jeez. All problems aside, it was still a good show, dude. It was still good. I wasn't sure if the stream would carry on if I jumped out, but <clears throat> apparently it does. So yeah, that's that's good news. That's good news for sure. I, yeah, apologies for the for the connection. I'm just in oh, and out all the dude, time. And it, good show, real good yeah. show, yeah. real good show. That's good. I got the weirdest thing in the mail yesterday, and I don't know if from one of the listeners. I don't know what it is, but this is the reason why you watch. If you watch us. I received these in the mail. <laughs> you know what this is? I received you this have in the those mail. from your shorts earlier and just not said anything. <laughs> just, Look at shorts. this. Look at these things. You see this? I somebody. So what this is, oh. is you hang this. If you have a truck, you're supposed to hang this from your trailer hitch. It's a pair of, it's this plastic, <laughs> thick, <laughs> plastic blue set of balls. Nuts. One's lower than the other. You can see it has got it's got it's got wrinkles and shit, and it's got a hole at the top. So you're supposed to hang it in the company. I'm not even gonna read the co- the co- the company's name is Bullsack.com for Christ's sakes. So you can buy yourself a set of balls to hang from your. And now I don't know who they're from. So the thing is, I was gonna put it on my Instagram stories. And just like, do I really I I want? From. Who do you think it's from? Well, hasn't somebody given you a scrotum gift before? Uh, I'm embarrassed to say yes. Uh, the the <laughs> Australians, the Australians sent me. Uh, um, Kev and Mert gave me a pair of a uh, kangaroo skin balls, but I don't think it was them. I don't think that. I don't think it was them. We lost Craig. We're probably gonna just wrap it up in a second. But he, so somebody sent me this set of nuts plastic nuts i'm supposed to hang from my car i will not hang from my car i will not be hanging from my car uh yes uh w crumbs says haha truck nuts uh grateful yeah. knives is the nice turkey neck uh everyone's loves everyone loves a nice set of blue balls so i have a, and it came with them it came with a matching keychain uh oh really set of nuts for your keys that's very nice so i um this is this is not <laughs> I mean, this isn't like, I mean, 
thank you. I don't know what else to say. Whoever sent it to me, you know, thanks for the balls. Um, I'll tell so you I, what. I have a f- go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to uh, say really quick. When I was younger, me and my friends would always try to play weird pranks on each other. And uh-oh. because it was the time before our smartphone had all the information. I had hundreds of phone numbers and emails, all this kind of stuff, all this addresses. I used to have all this stuff in here, not anymore, but I would sign them up for weird shit off the (laughs) internet, like free, free samples of Astro like getting it mailed to like their parents with (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. All kinds of silly, weird samples and stuff. Cause especially when the internet first really started hitting like early 2000, late nineties, there are all these like offers and marketing offers. So, you know, give us your, basically your email. We'll send you some free shit. Right. So I would sign other people up (laughs) for stuff. Watch it. Start getting people signing me up for a bunch of stuff now. Poor Wesley Crumb says my four-year-old just walked up and said, what are those? (laughs) That's your problem, Wesley. You know, this is all for you. Um, the last thing I want to say is I've officially sent um, six people who are trapped in Stanford itineraries for a day in oh. New York. Wow. Six. You. Six people. And it got to the point where I had to actually put, make, I had to make a brochure. Um, brochure. <laughs> I, had to, I had to write up a brochure with hyperlinks. Oh, you made a brochure. Yeah. Well, I mean, like a digital, I mean, a, a digital brochure, digital brochure. So, so if oh you happen God. to be, I did one, I, I'm not going to say when I did them, but I've been doing them like frequently. Like I've done six and what people are doing is they're going to my DMS and saying, I hear if you're stuck in, in Stanford, you have a thing to do in New York. So oh the God. answer is I'm with you. And, um, <laughs> I have a whole, I have a whole day trip planned with stops along the way and restaurants to go to. And I am stunned at how many people are reaching out to me. So if you happen to be in Stanford competing so on a curious. show, I'm, I don't ask questions. I'm very, very, very discreet. I don't want you in trouble, but I certainly don't. <laughs> very want, discreet. I, I'm very discreet. I certainly do not want you to be in trouble. I certainly do not want you to be, if you're from wherever, I certainly don't want you to be sitting in a hotel room, you know, in Connecticut when you can have a perfectly great day in New York. So I have officially have like the, I'm stuck in uh, Stanford itinerary. So if you DM me, I will send it to you, but only if you're, in, don't just sit, don't just pretend. Like I, you need to be, I need, I need, this is for, you know, real people who are in Stanford and need a thing to do. So there you go. True. True story. Six people now. It's great. It's hilarious. And I feel like, I feel like I'm doing it for, I'm so curious about the itinerary. I'll send it to you. It's great. I mean, it's a great one day. I mean, it's a great one day and the people who've been doing it have been having a great time, but it's, it's like, you know, different, definitely the non tourist guide to New York. So it's been a lot like of fun it. and people have been re- people have been doing it. Like they they send me pictures from John Pizzeria. I got like five guys sending me pictures from John's Pizzeria. Uh, it's been great. So, uh, yeah. So with that said, um, if you guys want to, if you guys, if you're stuck in Stanford, I have I officially have a, like a digital itinerary for you. Nice. Nice. And I guess that's it. So Craig isn't here. He, uh, we're going to see him next week. We'll see you all next week, guys. And, um, 
and uh, we'll have some fun. So see if it's not Monday, it's another day, I guess. So very good. I'll see you later. We'll see you, man. (laughs) This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers.